Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. We are back. This is awesomeness. We have Melinda is back, so we're going to have a really good talk. First thing we're going to do, since I don't have to remember what I'm drinking now, is you got it, girl. Yes. So today we are talking about go to cola. So I am not actually drinking the tea. Um, tonight I'm drinking some chamomile, but um, go to cola is a very very good herb. I'm going to try to bring this massive book over here. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but it's um, a very common herb. And um, you might have heard of it as Indian pennywort. But I chose this herb because um, you may or may not know, I've been out the past couple weeks because my husband had a stroke two weeks ago. So um, he's doing okay. It's a long road ahead, but um, he, he is doing okay. It could have been way worse. But um, this is actually very good for treating strokes. It's good for um, blood clots, especially, which was his issue. He had um, a blood clot uh, um, in one of his arteries in his neck. And so this is good for nervous function, memory. Um, it's also good for skin disorders and leprosy, um, which I found was interesting. Also eczema, that was um, good. You can also use it as an anti-inflammatory. Um, it's good for rheumatoid arthritis. So I thought that was interesting. Wound healing. Um, and one of the things that I found out, um, it's also known as a tiger's herb. Sorry, that's my cat getting in the blinds. Um, <laughs> tiger's herb in China, I believe. It's very popular in China. And what is interesting about that is that tigers will roll in it if they have wounds because it heals the wounds. Oh. So it's like an instinct. I thought that was really interesting. And it even says here, it stimulates wound healing. Um, and it's thought to speed up collagen formation and the laying down of new blood vessels. Um, and it's native to India and the southern U.S. So you've probably seen these all over the place. They kind of look like baby lily pads. Um, oh, I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um and you can um, use them in powder form. You can um, put them in capsules in a powder form. You can make a paste for the eczema and for the rheumatism, you can do an infusion. And you can also, it's good for memory and concentration, which is good. My husband is actually experiencing a lot of short-term memory loss. Um, so even that's really good to do. Um, India, you can use fresh leaves um, are given to children for dysentery. The plant is also thought to be helpful for fevers, abdominal disorders, asthma, and bronchitis. You can also use the oil extract um, to actually promote hair growth, which I thought was interesting. Oh, wow. That's, that is interesting, hair growth. It, and it's a very, um, I mean, it's very... It's very prevalent down here. I, I'm learning the different 
fauna down here and, you know, mm -hmm. compared to where I'm from up north. So I'm learning all the different, you know, flowers and herbs and all that grow down here naturally. So I've seen it. So I, I knew what I didn't know what it was, though. Now I know. Yeah, and it's um, it's very good. If you look up a lot of alternative medicines, this is um, the Encyclopedia of Herbal Medicine. It's a really, really great book. I actually got it when I was going to uh, school for alternative medicine, but um, it's a really, really good one. And there's a lot, if you look up alternative, there's all sorts of remedies that it's really good for. Um, it said it's also good for fertility. It mentioned in there. Um, so it's very versatile. And of course, we're going to talk about the magical as well. So, um, the gender is feminine element is air and earth and the planetary connection is Saturn. And the other names are a spade leaf, which makes sense. It kind of looks like this. A spade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like a little baby. Yeah. Um, and as I said, Indian pennywort. Um, the properties are aphrodisiac, which like fertility makes sense, meditation, psychic powers and protection, divination, and lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming. That's an interesting one. I know. We could add that to the third eye. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if we mix some of this different, you know, things together, mm -hmm. we could probably space ourselves right out. <laughs> I, I would say so. And you know what's funny? I thought that for the, instead of spade leaf, I had to look closer because I thought at first that it said space leaf. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, lucid we were right there. We're spacing out as it is. Yeah. We're spacing out. us on that stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. And it says, go to cola is a creeping herb with many properties for increasing concentration and psychic strengths. A common practice is to burn it as incense before meditation or to reach a mental plane for lucid dreaming. It may be added to conjuring bags for spells of monetary gain for divination. Mm. Folklore claims it as an elixir of life herb, increasing longevity and virility through stimulation of chi energy. That's now that's interesting. Yeah. It is a vine type like it grows vine like. Yes. Um, like I said, I'm still learning some of the stuff down here. Um, it is very different down here than it is up north um, with what grows and what doesn't grow and how it right. grows. Um, I got rosemary out there now growing like crazy by my front door and it's just like taking over the world. But a lot of my herbs I cannot grow outside unless I bring them in in the wintertime and put them in the refrigerator. Right. For couple months to you know make them do that hibernation thing so that they'll start again so that's really nice to know because i think there's some actually growing in my backyard i'm gonna have to look now it's yeah and i will tell anybody this it is very difficult sometimes if you don't know the plant or the herb and you you're looking at a plant is this it or not like we know what a dandelion looks like we're good right. But if you don't see that yellow little head up there, the leaves can be a little different. So you might not always know what you're digging up. Plantain is another one. Um, 
you know, it has that very long piece in the middle that we used to pop off as kids and shoot the little seeds off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you didn't know what it was. So when, if you're out harvesting and you're a harvester, unless you're very, very good, I would always recommend taking it to somebody in a nursery or someplace that works with flowers and, and not Home Depot, um, some a, a real nursery and ask them. There is an app I've seen out. I haven't tried it. I'm thinking about it where you can like hit a button and it takes a picture and then it matches it with um, what it has in its database. I've seen that. I thought about it. I'm not sure how good it is. And seriously, sometimes you can take the book out with you and put the plant right next to the book and go, I'm still not sure. (laughs) So I, I, I always err on the side of caution. If you don't know, don't do it. Find somebody who does. Exactly. Um, that's when you're not to trying to be rude. I have this whole time been trying to get a blown up picture of go to cola so you can see what it looks like. And it's it's difficult sometimes. And like I said, books, sometimes when they take these pictures of the books, they're in a nursery and you get a big bunch of it. And so you're out looking for that. That's not how it grows. Like that plant is a, an ivy type growing plant. So you might be looking for a, a you know, a bunched up plant. I don't know if you can yes. see. That's a really good picture. Yeah. And I think I have some of that in my backyard. Um, and you'll see slight variations of it. I mean, some of them are more like lily pad shaped. Like that one was more full circle. And then this one is a little bit more, you can see. And that's what's confusing to people, right? A little bit of the horseshoe type. Okay, right. Now, if you were to see that, you might not know that that was the same plant. Exactly. So, and that's and that's what's very important if you guys go foraging, which I I will tell you I've not done a whole lot of that, um, and I'm very much interested in it and wildcrafting and all that stuff. I I haven't done a whole lot, but I want to look way more into that and do it with the kids and get them involved. But it's so 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 important to really really do your research and look at pictures and because you know, it can be it's sometimes the shape of a leaf or I mean, can be the difference of okay to ingest and you will die. Yeah. I mean, if you've never seen that movie with God, what's it called into the wild or something where the guy dies out in his RV and he messed up like skull cap for a potato plant or something. And the dude died in the middle of the wilderness by himself in a bus. It's a, it's a great movie if you haven't seen it, but very important lesson. And you know, and people don't understand that. And you also, when you wild forage, you have to be really careful because you don't know what the soil is that you're getting it from. If it is a landfill and you don't know it and you're picking it up from there, not a good idea because you don't know what it is. It is much safer because we don't know the area. If you like, I, if I go back to West Virginia, I know pristine areas where, right. But you got to remember depending on where, what the water source is, it's either sulfur water 
iron water or a hard mineral water. So mm -hmm. that affects the plants and what you take in. We grew up um, in the holler where I was, we had iron water. Further down, they had sulfur water. So you either had rusty nails or eggs, rotten eggs. That was your water. So um, I got used to that rotten egg smell. Um, I, I got used to the nails. I used to say we chewed nails for water. Um, and then I moved to Baltimore and we had chlorinated water and it smelled like bleach water to me. It was like, oh my God, I can't drink it. It smells like bleach. But you don't, you need to know the water source, the water tables. You need to know what's in the surrounding areas, what it's been treated with. I, this is when I tell you in all honesty, get you a couple pots, get you some dirt and do it yourself. You know, then what you've got because mm -hmm. you, you've bought it. You know, you, you buy lemon balm, you know what you have. You buy your lemongrass, you know you have lemongrass. Um, rosemary, I bought my rosemary at, um, I actually, I think I bought it at Walmart. Um, but I, I know what rosemary is, you can tell by smelling it. So that, that's kind of a safe thing. You're not gonna find it growing wild over here. Now, over in Europe, maybe. So I planted it, I know what's in my dirt, I know what I've got. You have to be careful nowadays because we've done so much damage to the earth and, and areas around and you're, you're not thinking about it. So you're, it's dirt, it's not. So sometimes the better way to do it is to get you a couple pots, get you some dirt in a bag and plant it yourself. That gives you a couple things. I mean, it gives you the, the nurturing of planting it yourself and dealing with and seeing how it grows that in itself is very relaxing and calming. Um, it also makes sure you know what you have and you are more in control of what it is so that you're not, um, it's great to go out in the forest. I love, I, I did boy scouts for 19 years. My butt was out camping once a month. So I loved being out in it. Um, but, the same token, if you don't know what you're putting your hands on and if you're not sure how you're going to react to an herb, um, poison ivy you can still catch in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. That hairy vine still has the oils on it. I yeah. still catch it in winter. I don't even have to touch it. I just have to get near it and I got it. So there's stuff like that you got to be really careful about. And, like said, and poison ivy is different than poison oak. It's different than Virginia creeper. I mean, and different than poison sumac. Yes. You don't hear a lot about sumac anymore. No. Uh, it was more prevalent when I was a child, but I'm allergic to all three. And like we said before, you know, and just because the leaves or the flowers are edible doesn't mean the roots are edible and vice versa. The roots might be edible, but the flowers aren't, you know, just make sure you do your research. Very, very important. And also check your endangered list. Do not forage or pick anything that's endangered. That's endangered, right. And that's the other thing. Um, a lot of people go foraging and it's, it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but they can actually wipe out the species from that area without realizing it. Mm -hmm. So if you over forage, what's over foraging? Do you know? You may not know. Not everybody does. So it, there's a lot of things. That's why I've always been one to say, if you grow it yourself, 
you have the control, you know what you're growing, and, and you know that it's good because you grew it in your backyard or in a pot. You know, my rosemary is growing in a, a raised flower bed out front. So, I mean, this thing's just taken off like crazy. But I know what it is. I know the dirt. I know what I planted. I've cultivated it. So I go out there and, you know, pick it off and bring it in and cook with it because I know what I did. Foraging is a little bit different. And a lot of um, areas now, they're spraying for different, you know, no, we call them noceums down here, um, mosquitoes and other such. And they're spraying some of the forest, like at the edges. So you don't know how far back that spray is going. That spray is not good to eat. Just yeah. telling you right up front, it's not good to eat. So you don't know how far back you have to go in the woods to, to get to the good stuff. So that you're not pulling all this lovely stuff that's been sprayed with mosquito crap, you know, and all that stuff. You really have to be careful because you don't know. Um, if you're in a pristine area like around the Rocky Mountains or around um, the Blue Ridge where you know there's not a lot of population, you're probably safer. But by the same token, I wouldn't go in an urban area and go hunting for some of this stuff. Um, if I found some of that out in my backyard, I would be very hesitant. Um, people tend to spray chemicals on their yards to keep the bugs down. Also, all sorts of um, chemicals to make the grass grow and to kill the weeds. And so you don't know if your neighbor does it, then it's in your yard. Right. Because uh, right. the water table's right there. It just, and here we have, everybody has sprinkler systems. So they kick in. So everybody's grass gets watered and, you know, that water moves. So you end up with whatever your neighbor has sprayed their yard with in your yard. Right. So again, it's, it's just, you want to err on the side of caution. You don't want to make that tincture take it in. You know, there was an old movie about the civil war and I cannot remember the name of it to save my soul. Um, but there was a young girl who could never figure out which mushrooms were safe and which weren't. And a Confederate soldier had come in and they let her decide what mushrooms he was going to eat. And of course he died, but it was because she could never remember which was good and which wasn't good. And that stuck with me for a very long time. Cause I'm like, I would be that person. You yeah. Know? It totally sounds like me. It would be me. You know, I, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's good to eat and chew and it. Like, no, it's not the one with three spots. It's two spots. Ah. <laughs> After I've swallowed it, you know, Right. Yeah. Like, oops. <laughs> so I, I tell, I caution everybody because I like fresh herbs when I cook. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. There, uh, you buy them fresh in the, the store. Aroma different. I mean, it's just. I mean, it has the fresh, fresh is different. That's fresh vegetables that are are from the farm, not the fresh yeah. vegetables in the store there's like a farmer's market like a farmer's market when i was in baltimore we used to have what they called the a robbers and mm -hmm. it was a guy with a horse and a cart mm -hmm. and it was full of fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and they would go up and down the streets um yelling watermelon cantaloupe tomatoes and women would come out and buy it this stuff was gotten they still do it it was 
it was um, the farmers bring it in. They load up their truck, they load up their carts and they head out with the horses. And of course, all the kids, they see the horses, you know, all the kids are running out to play with the horse, but that's where you got your fresh vegetables and fresh um, fruit from. If you have that kind of scenario or a farmer's market, that's where you're going to find a big difference. Take one of those tomatoes and one of the fresh tomatoes from the supermarket and tell me the difference. Oh, trust me. But we oh. go to the farmer's market as much as we can and the kids love it. Like it's... Oh. Yeah, you get the bestest stuff there. I mm -hmm. love it. Um, we have the open farmers markets in St. Pete, and they have the fresh. That's when all of the organic people come out, mm -hmm. and all the vegans come out because they've got the honey. They've got the super fresh that's just literally, you know, bottled that day. I love that fresh honey and fresh yeah. all kinds of fresh vegetables. It's that really wonderful. That dark clove honey. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, down here, the orange blossom honey is very um, popular. Yes, we have that. red clover up in Baltimore and West Virginia because of just what we grow up there. It's a little different. Uh, and there's a different taste to it. People don't believe it. But if there is. you're a connoisseur. Um, we have two clovers here. We have, well, the, there's, a, there's a big seller from Tennessee that sells down here. And oh, then there's... Okay. Um, and then there's a bunch of ones here from Florida, but yeah, there's, um, there's a dark clove, a uh, clover one. And then there's a, the orange blossom. And, oh man. The orange blossom is a little bit sweeter. It is. Than the red clover. Now see, we up North, we have red clover and yeah. that's the darker honey and the honey is good. No matter what you get, it's what you prefer. Um, down here, I've, I've gotten spoiled a little bit. I really like the orange blossom, but I only get it from, I don't buy it in the store unless it's, you know, a, a local store that sells all organic stuff that I know to purchase it there. But I, I like to get it by the roadside stands. Mm -hmm. And if you go, there's a, there's a ton of beekeeper thingers around yeah. here. And you can actually just go to the, I can't go because I'm allergic to bee stings, but I do get my honey from them. So, you know, it's like I go purchase it, but you can get really, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's the real deal. Yeah. Not. It's worth it. Yeah. And it's got, if you can get it with the comb in it. The comb. I was just going to say that you witch. I was I just going to say that. I was like, Ooh, and it's like so satisfying to get it with the comb in there. Yeah. And uh, when we were little kids, I grew up on a farm, so I, I didn't know that there was a difference between store-bought and farm because I always had the farm stuff. So we always got the honey, and it always had a piece of the comb in it. And yeah. as kids, that was our chewing gum. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. You'd break off a piece and you'd chew. Oh, my gosh. It's so sweet. And You've and you've never done that. That's that's huh. what we did as children. It was kind of like a chewing gum. Why uh, do you do that now? If it's in there, you can eat it. Yeah, you can chew on it. It's it's like I'm a waxy. To, I'm going to Whole Foods tomorrow. There you go. It's a waxy. Um, remember, they used to have the little wax bottles of sugar yeah. water. 
Okay, it's along that lines, but with the honey because it's all uh, obviously it's coated in honey. Yeah, yeah, and you chew on it. Uh, we did used to do that as kids. You know what I miss when I was a kid? Publix used to sell sugar cane in the produce section. Yes, you used to be able and to buy it. And we would buy the hell out of that sugar cane when I was a kid, and I would just we would go home, just chop it up and suck the hell out of that thing. Mm. And it's like a thing of the past. It's like a distant memory. I can't remember the last time I saw sugarcane sold. I have not seen it sold down here. Mm -mm. Um, my, it's kind of depressing to think about, actually. Yeah, I'm, I had it as a <laughs> Now child. I want to know where the hell I can get sugarcane from. <laughs> We're going to have to. We'll research this. We're um, yes. But as a, um, as a child, um, I'd had some. Um, some was brought to us and it was like, it was so different from anything. I remember that being like a treat when I was yeah. a kid. Like, it, that was like, oh, we're going to go get sugar cane this week. Like, you know, it was like. Yeah. I, and I don't know where you can purchase it. We, in up north, we, we can't purchase it. You know, right. it, it just isn't there. But someone had brought some in and we had, I remember having it as a child and I thought, wow, this is really good. I'm determined now. I want my children to experience sugarcane. <laughs> it's funny. It's um, a southern rite of passage. That's right. It's <laughs> like fresh coconut. Yeah. Fresh coconut milk. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, man. And um, my kids were like, milk from a coconut. So we have coconut so and cracked them open. Oh, that, that's we won't even discuss that. Yeah. The best way is you get a drill and just drill a hole in it. But there you um, go. You the fresh coconut milk is, and if you're cooking and it calls for coconut milk, or you're making your yeah little drinks, your pina coladas, yeah, that fresh coconut milk, mm, mm. it beats anything you can buy in a can. So next time we're gonna do a cocktail that involves coconut milk, and we're gonna tell Mr. Pat to have a drill. We'll make sure we bring fresh coconut. Oh my goodness! What Unless that means coconut, hello, summer makes sense. Yes, uh, put those the lime are the things in the we used coconut. to do. Coladas. I mean, you know, and we put the lime in the coconut. There you go. Midnight margaritas. We are witches after all. Um, but those are some of the the good things since the pandemic. Um, a lot of people are going back to doing their little gardens in the backyard, um, fresh tomatoes, fresh peppers. I mean, those are the kinds of things that I always grew in my garden. Um, and it makes a difference when you you cook with them or you eat them. The taste is so much better. So that would be really a great thing. Um, now, I mean, even though we're in the South stuff is stuff grows 24 seven here. Yeah. Um, but up north, you're just yeah. To, yeah. If you you could buy tomato plants right now, plant them, and you would get tomatoes. Well, I have to figure. I want to figure because I had well, I have to container guard garden obviously, but I only get afternoon sun. So mm -hmm. otherwise, I'm in the shade pretty much until three or four o'clock. You know, until sunset. So, yeah, you don't have to things, see what will grow. Yeah, certain things I have to like. I have to get creative. I got to research yep. it more. 
Because that's the only reason I haven't started yet. I mean, I know it's like so late in the year, but. You can start, well, with Florida, we have the advantage of starting at any time. It's not like you're going to have to go out there and dust the snow off of it. Right. Uh, <laughs> like we do up north, you yeah. know. Pretty soon it'll be time for winter vegetables. <laughs> Squash and all. <laughs> we don't even get winter down here, so. As well, okay, Baltimorean, listen, 50s is winter, okay? Yes, I, I have to remember that. 50 yes. plus is winter. In Baltimore and West Virginia, 50 below is winter. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've you got to get used to the plus and the minuses. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, here it's really easy to grow anything. And with Litha right around the corner, um, and it is a sun festival, um, mm -hmm. this would be a great time if you do have kids, even if you grow it in the house, you know, yeah. you can still do it. Get a sunny window and you can grow anything. Um, yep. Back in the 80s, they used to take your kitchen window like over your sink out and put in like a an elongated window and it was like a little greenhouse and you could grow like little herbs in there. That was a big thing yeah. for everybody to do. And even they have like on, I mean, you can, they have on Amazon like little greenhouses and things, but you can go on Pinterest and they have so many awesome crafts ideas and like DIY things. And you can find easy DIY things. Like you can type in greenhouse, like DIY, you know, greenhouse. And you, they'll have something like, you know, you can cut up a two liter Coke bottle and, you know, hot glue it together and all these things. And it's really good. Don't sleep on Pinterest people because it is, you know, they have, you can type in anything and there's some, something, something out there. Now where I'm from, they actually do do my cousins have the, the greenhouses and they start their stuff. Like they'll go out there in the snow to start their stuff because it snows in April. I want a greenhouse. I've always wanted like a real greenhouse. Like in Hand That Rocks the Cradle, like that movie. They have, I have seen them made. Do you remember the doors, the French doors with all the windows? I've seen mm -hmm. a greenhouse made with those doors. Yeah. I want like a legit greenhouse, like made of glass and well, stuff. That was pretty cool because it's, yeah. And then the top was just, um, I think it was like plexiglass. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really cool. It, it was, I, I don't know if it was Pinterest or one of them, but they had it, you know, where you could make it. I, those doors are a small fortune to buy even. Have you it. seen that little hut that you can make on Pinterest by getting a bunch of like long twigs? I don't know if it was like bamboo or long twigs or it was something with like the sunflower stems or something. And it made this huge like hut thing that people can like go in. And I was like, oh, we have to figure out how to construct that. They, there's a lot of cool there's stuff. So in there. And those you can type in litha crafts or litha. I mean, you can. And that's the kind of thing that you want to start doing with your kids because now it's we're, we're still treading gently with the pandemic, but mm -hmm. you can go outside now and do those kinds of things with your kids and have all kinds of fun with them. Um, yeah. With Lisa around the corner, I mean, it's not that far away, guys. I'm sitting here looking at it going, oh my gosh, 
Litha and Father's Day, you know, it's basically the same day. Um, and that's kind of cool because it's a God holiday and it's Father's Day. So it's kind of yes. like, kind of works out for us pagans really well. Um, yeah. but, and this is a time when um, to do a little of that outside doorsy stuff and, you know, because you've been cooped up. Um, you've not been allowed to go out that much. You had to stay six feet away. I mean, now that things are easing up, you can actually go out and do something and have some fun with the kids outside um, yeah. and do some of those crafty things. But if you, you know, if you're stuck in and you can't make it out, there are those that can't um, just doing a little, a little green in your house really makes a big difference. Um, it does. It absolutely does. But there's things even like I was looking, so you can make sun catchers. You can get, um, and there's all different kinds of sun catchers you can do, but this is just an example. You can go, if you, you can do two different things. If you wanted to go out on a hike and you pick flowers and leaves and you can come home and pick the petals off and make it a little craft. And you can put it in like little mason jars mm -hmm. and make little sun catchers. And they also have really simple, you can get tissue paper and almost like, um, you know, stained, gl stained glass sort of thing. You can do yeah. so many things. They have where you can put them in like the Ziplocs or um, like the saran wrap and you can stick it in the window. Um there's, There's lots of really cool things to do and a lot of cool crafts to do. Now with Father's Day coming up, this is something having, you know, spending time with dad going out and doing this stuff. You know, yeah. just a little walk in nature can make a big difference in how you overall feel. Um, they've proven that um, this would be a great time to do some earthing. Take those shoes off, walk across that grass a little bit. Just be careful where you're at and what you're doing, you know, take all the precautions. Right. Because, um, you know, me, I'm brain dead. I'd walk on a bee's hive or something. Um, but now is the time June's here. It's warmer. Father's Day is here. Now's the time to start enjoying a little bit. And that's pretty cool if you can celebrate the God holiday with the God of the house. So it, it's kind of a win-win situation for dad this time around. Um, and Father's Day is coming up. Um, and again, it's one of my cool holidays because it's a West Virginia holiday. West by God, excuse me. Um, and it's an interesting one because this was, this was actually, Father's Day was started way long before the first Father's Day was celebrated in West Virginia. So it's been in everybody's mind and it's been there. What brought it to fruition was um, the first one was actually July 5th in 1908 in Fairmont. I'm actually born in Fairmont. And when you drive into the city, it has the first Father's Day celebration on a big sign. Um, but it was kind of bad because it was overshadowed um, with the, um, they did the first one, uh, was more, a young lady, Grace uh, Clinton, was mourning the loss of her father on December 1907. The Monongah mine disaster 
in nearby Monongah killed 361 men. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a coal miner's daughter and, um, I do understand those circumstances. I've lost relatives in the mines. So it is, um, kind of scary. They had the, the first one and they did it on, in July. And of course you had the 4th of July. Then you had the Monongah disaster, um, 361 men, 250 of them were fathers. They, there were thousands of homeless children at that time. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, when that happens. Um, the last mine disaster was 17, 18 years ago. Um, wow. Where they had to seal the mine and seal the bodies in the mine. My cousin's son is a safety inspector in West Virginia. And um, he had to go on that. Wow. Not good. But the Father's Day, it was started in West Virginia. Um, they finally decided to make it real and, you know, make a proclamation of it. So they did the proclamation. So um, when you do go and remember Father's Day, uh, the celebration now is all over the world, like Mother's Day. A lot of other countries have adopted it. So it is a big thing. And it's kind of funny that you... There's only, and you're, you're going to laugh, there are 15 miles between the Mother's Day in Grafton and Fairmont. It's only a 15-mile stretch between the two. Oh, wow. And I am from the middle. <laughs> That's so I'll be going there in July, and um, hopefully um, I will have time to run to Grafton. And to run, well, I'll be in Fairmont on and off. I have cousins in Fairmont, so I'm Fairmont, Farmington. And people are going like, where are those places? Uh, Fairmont, Farmington, Rachel, Mannington is where my family is basically from in that area. So I'm hoping to get to Grafton, to the church, and have a picture, um, and then run to Fairmont in front of the sign and have a picture. I will take my T-shirt so you get to see a shot of me in my T-shirt um, in yeah. West Virginia. It's going to be a fun time, guys. But um, this is a great time to do something with Litha and Dad. So, um, you know, and dads like to be outside, you know, this is a great time for dad to do a hike. Um, and as mom, you can kind of prep him a little bit with some insights on, you know, different plants and flowers and trees so that, you know, kids get a little bit of information from it. Um, with the Boy Scouts, I used to do a lot with cubbies, um, and we would take them out and on their first camping trip, we would try to find the birch trees. And that doesn't sound too hard, but they're they're hard to find. But once the boys find them, you take um, a limb that is down and you cut it off and you pound it a little bit and you boil it. And guess what that's called? Birch beer. It's mm-hmm. root beer. Put a little bit of sugar in it. Now, you have to be careful because it's not been pasteurized. It has a little ta- has some tannic acid, a little bit of poisons, but a mouthful is not going to kill you. Um, we would make a pot of it, boil it, a little sugar, and let it boil good, you know. Uh, of course, I would have to keep tasting it to, to it got flavorful. And then each boy got a little taste of it. After that, they could find a birch tree anywhere we went camping. That was the okay. first thing those guys looked for. Miss Pam, there's a birch tree. Can we make birch beer? So <laughs> that became a, a kind of a standard with my my groups um, yeah. was to find the birch 
tree and have that. But you can do a lot of fun things like that with the kids and stuff like that sticks with them. Years later, I had adults who had, I had their kids and I was like, uh, it's done. Miss Pam is having the children of the boys she had. It's time for her to retire. Um, right. And they remembered those silly little things like that. Um, mm -hmm. It's also fun outside to cook outside, even mm -hmm. on a grill. Um, a great thing that even dads like to do is make scrambled eggs in plastic bags. Yeah. Boil the water and you make your scrambled egg. And that's a fun thing to do. Um, it's mm -hmm. silly. It's goofy. Um, when we trained, I did a lot of training for adults. You take a paper bag and you line it with bacon and you put an egg in it and you can cook it over an open fire and the bag will not burn. Because mm -hmm. the bacon, the bacon grease coats the bag, and if you have it up high mm -hmm. enough, you can do it. Get a rock hot enough, and you can fry an egg on a rock. Oh yeah, those are the kind of fun things that dads like to do. Is you know, once they yeah. learn this stuff, um, my dads would go hog wild with it. They had a, a ball with it, and that's a kind of fun outdoorsy type thing you can do with you know a little hibachi is all you need to do yeah. the scrambled eggs. It sounds silly, but they're a lot of fun to do. The kids love to squeeze them and then you boil them and then they get to eat them. So it was like, oh, wow. Or even, um, or even like Fiona loves her, the, the two of them will just go on walks together. Just, Ooh. you know, and she loves that. Even if it's just around the neighborhood, you know, around the block or, you know, she loves that time. And they'll just talk about whatever. They're not doing anything, so, but it's special to them. That best conversation I've had with yes. young children is being in the woods with them. Mm -hmm. um, I, we did a lot of camping. We would even take our tiger cubs camping. We did family camping and just sitting with the boys and talking around the campfire or fire pit or walking with them, you know, even just to the latrine or something. Yeah. They, it's taking them out of the normal activity. Because right. normally they're in a building, they're in school, they're at home. They might be in their backyard, but here you're out in a wilderness all around you kind of thing. And um, it's it's very different for them. And they tend to open up a little bit more, you know, and come out a little bit more. Um, right. Evening walks are really cool to mm -hmm. see and hear what comes out in the evening. Yeah. The owls, because um, your lizards are usually, I mean, we have those little salamanders, geckos all over the place. They're usually gone at night. Usually don't see them, but you'll, you'll see other, you'll hear the birds and you'll see the owls and you'll start seeing all these other different mm -hmm. animals out at night. So it's kind of cool to even just take an evening walk when it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. We live by the beach. So a walk on the beach in the evening is like, oh, yeah, that's therapy. Yeah. And even if you can't get out, um, you know, there's tons, like we said, you can do inside, you know, Litha, the, it's the longest day of the year. So it's celebrating the sun. Um, and so you can, as a traditional thing, or you can start a tradition if you don't already do it, but a lot of people, you can light, you know, light a candle and have the candle lit for the whole day. 
to celebrate, you know, it, that you let it, you know, you get one of those long, however, 12 hour candles yeah. or whatever that they have. Um, and you just light it in the morning and you just, you know, make your litha altar and you have things that represent the sun and different things and, um, have your candle lit all day. And that's something that you can do, you know, of course you can do it as a family, but you can also incorporate that with your sort of father's day thing. Maybe, maybe you as the father can make a craft with the child that you would place on the altar for litha. You know, there's all these different ideas that you can do. Maybe you can dress that litha candle together and put your energies on that. There's all different ways you can incorporate that together and sort of celebrate it. It's a sun celebration. So celebrate the sun a little bit, try and get out if you can. Um, Celebrate that little bit of sunshine that's coming through. I know up north, it's still a little chilly, um, but it's warming up. Actually, Baltimore was uh, hotter than Florida today. Yeah. So it is warming up up there. But um, those are the kinds of things that you don't have to make a huge, giant, you know, plan for 10 years ceremony. Uh, Just the little things you do with the kids are things that they'll remember. Just sit down and color with them. Yeah. That's a great thing. Kids love to do that. Make a little something. Dads are really, you know, if he has a workshop or a work area, that's really cool. You know, go out and and build something. Or even like Mike makes it a big deal anytime, you know, he has to repair something, which will be just like changing the batteries in the remote. But he'll always have Fiona like, Fiona, I have to fix something. And she's like, so ready. She's like, yes. And she'll help him change the batteries or if, you know, and especially if it's like one of her toys where you got to get the screwdriver and you got to do that whole thing. And there's like four different little teeny tiny screws and it just changed the battery. So then she has to help with the screwdriver, you know, but she loves it. Like she loves it. This is a great time to start training them to learn how to do some of this stuff by themselves. There's a lot of millennials out there who cannot cook, who cannot clean, and have no idea what an iron is. (laughs) This is a time you can learn. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt. Um, Teaching your children how to be self-sufficient should Mm -hmm. be our goal. Um, You want them to be able to go on by themselves. Um, the greatest gift my children said I gave them were, was the knowledge and the courage to do things on their own. They learned to cook very young. I had a catering business, so that's free labor. And you're Italian. Hey, free labor. <laughs> I took it because all the kids worked in, in the cooking. But they, were, uh, they learned to cook. They learned to clean. They learned both sides learned the right. other side, because I had boys and girls, and we cross-trained. Mm-hmm. So my son can cook, sew, and clean. My daughter can use every power tool there is. Um, she knows how to measure. She knows how to change tires. All the kids do. So it's that kind of thing that dad can pass along a little bit of knowledge, especially to a young lady, that she might not get anywhere else. How do you change a tire? How do you check the oil in your car? Well, yeah, because the teach air that pressure in, in your car. They don't teach that in school. No, and those little life hacks, as I call them, those little things, those are life learning skills. How to cook? I, 
I grew up cooking. Um, my son's first girlfriend had didn't know she, her mother never showed her he could cook. He'd been catering with me for years. And it was like, she doesn't know how. And I'm like, how can you not know how to cook? I mean, I started them off little because I didn't want to hear, mom, I'm hungry. You're hungry? You know where the kitchen is. You know right. how to use the shit in it? Do it. Yeah. So I was one of those moms. I encouraged my kids to be very independent from me um, mm -hmm. because I, I grew up without a mom. So it, it made a very big impression that I never learned any of this. So I was right. teaching them. Um, so it was like they would come in. Um, my son tells this wonderful story. He was 15. He went to an all-boys school. So they all met at one of the boys' house for the weekend. The mom said they could be there. And they all, uh, boys eat consistently. They don't stop eating from about 13 to about 25. Right. They, there's no break. None at all. It's a continual meal all day long. And so my son was like, they were all starting to get a little hungry. And my son's like, well, let's go see what's in the refrigerator. And none of the, he was with like 10 boys. None of them know how to cook. So he goes in there and he whipped up a spaghetti sauce. Now, okay, we're Italian. So it's easy to whip up something. Um, he goes in there and he, he did a pasta thing. And the mother came in and, and she's like, because she smelled it. She's like, oh my God, that smells really good. And he's like, yeah, I'll have it ready in a second, you know. So he whips it up and all the guys come in and eat and she's eating. And she calls me and she was like, your son can cook. And I'm like, he better know how to cook. Right. She's like, he made, I want to know how he made this sauce. Because yeah. it, she was just raving over it. And it was like, that was a, a very prideful moment. You know, you're going like, yes. Um, but it was also, okay, he could be okay on his own now. He was in yeah. an, a strange house. Mm -hmm. He was able to cook and fend for himself, and he cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, are you sure it was my son that cleaned up? Because right. that was my first question. Check his DNA and make sure it was mine. Um, right. He never cleaned up at home. But, you know, here it, it was a very – it was – uh, a growth moment because he was able to cook in a strange kitchen and satisfy himself. And it was like, oh, wow. Um, yeah. My one daughter moved out to go to college. Thank you. Um, and she moved in with two other roommates. Now, this child, we had to use a snow shovel to get through her room. Mm. Yes. Oh, my roommates are messy. We were like, ah, uh, and her comment to me, it, it just, it tore me up. She was like, do you know what it's like to have to come home and be the only one that knows how to cook? No, I wouldn't know that feeling at all, honey. Right. She's like, my roommates don't know how to cook. That means I have to cook every meal. I have to figure out dinner every night. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't have told him you know how to cook. From now to the rest of your life, get a hot question will be, what do you want for dinner? Right. Yeah. It is the lifelong question. Every woman, you know, and I was just like, I said, oh, really? It's dang shame that you learned how to cook, wasn't it? Right. I didn't hear much after that, but those are life skills. And mm -hmm. to see dad in the kitchen, my, hus my late husband could cook. 
very oh, yeah, well. my husband, that's one of the things that made me fall in love with him. He And the first meal he ever cooked me was spaghetti, and he made sauce from scratch. And I was like, oh, I'm in love. He, yep. didn't dump a, he didn't dump a jar or a can of sauce in a pot. He made it from scratch, and I was like, yeah. And, and he cooked his mom. I mean, his mom never, they rarely ever ate out. She cooked everything. You know, uh, growing we up. never ate out. We couldn't afford to. Yeah. Yeah, and same with same with them, and um, and so he learned. He learned how to cook. She taught him. So there is nothing more intimate than being in the kitchen, yeah, and cooking with a partner. Yeah, it, it's a shared thing. And as the kids grew up, even though I cooked for a living, um, mm-hmm. if I was cooking for home for us to eat. It was great. We would all be in the kitchen, you know, and it's like That's fun. we do it too. Into each other, and and kids are always involved when we cook. They're always doing stuff. Fiona and- can crack an egg better than any. Like she never gets shells in there, and I know adults that suck at that. You know, it's I like tell you what, Jason was about three, maybe four, and his first job was stabbing the cheese with the toothpicks for the catering <laughs> trays. Uh-huh. Arr, arr, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Um, that. But, you know, it's. And the- Fiona does the, does the Grinch every year for Yule. I do the Grinch snacks that I found on Pinterest, but it's one of the Pinterest things I can successfully recreate. And all it is is you cut the tops of uh, strawberries off and you put it on a toothpick and then, or no, I'm sorry, you put a green grape on first and then the strawberry, and then a little mini marshmallow. So it looks like the Grinch head in a Santa hat, and it's little. And she always toothpicked them for me, and she and then she ate them all as soon as I made them. Of course. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's a fun thing for, for dads to do with the kids is get in yeah. the kitchen. And even like baking, because you know the kids love treats, you know, oh, yeah. like baking. Fiona's in love with ba- like baking. You can make so many fun things, but the thing that you're making the most are the memories. Yes. You remember, I remember as a child in the kitchen with my aunt cooking Mm -hmm. and canning and all of that stuff. And I was like, oh, I remember, you know, my cousins and I all talk. Remember when we were doing and we cooked and it was magical. Yeah. And do like the the cookies where you can like each decorate them and you know do little drawings because that is really cool because then you can take pictures of them and don't underestimate the teenager who is oh i'm too old for that because once you start that teenager starts creeping into that kitchen to see what you're doing and before you know it they're roped into it too Mm -hmm. um I had, to, oh, I'm too old for that. Oh, okay, that's fine. We're going to go yeah. ahead and do it. And, or you'll have the teenager that's like, ooh, I'm going to eat that. And like, not unless you're helping. Yes. Like, and then they wind up enjoying it when they're, you know. And right. to see dads in a different role as a cook or yeah. uh, untraditional roles, I'll say, um, that's kind of fun too for kids to see. Um, but being, you know, just, enjoying dad for the day. Um, I know everybody's short on time, um, but we're, we're understanding now what's important after this pandemic that 
what is really important. And spending that time and making those memories is really cool. Um, I know some of our fondest memories in my house happened in the kitchen because we're cooking or doing something. And for me, getting in a kitchen with like my relatives is, is the bomb because yeah. we all cook. So we all get in the kitchen and we're all just throwing food around and, you know, it's, you're laughing, you're giggling, you're talking about stuff. And a lot of our red tent things mm -hmm. I learned in the kitchen with my aunts and my cousins cooking, canning and doing all this stuff because they were talking. And so you're, you're listening and you're right. hearing stories like older cousins are talking about, you know, um, miscarriages in my family and women's health and stuff. And I learned so much from sitting there that I was under the assumption everybody did that. I, right. you know, didn't know people didn't it's like, you know, right. Growing up, that was part of the what norm. we did. And my dad cooked, my dad was an excellent cook. So yeah. seeing my dad cook, you know, and my aunts and my uncles cook, my one uncle owned a catering business. He cooked all of his life. It runs mm -hmm. in the family. So those are the kind of fun things that you do. And it being Father's Day, that's kind of a way to celebrate dad as well as celebrate Litha. Litha is about bringing the sun in and cooking and joy and smiling brings the sun in. So I really love that kind of idea to do and have fun at the same time. Incorporate when you're doing snacks, or you know, you can do, even incorporate like yellows and oranges and reds to represent the sun, you know, even in ways like that, you can get really creative or eat on you know, orange plates or yellow, you know, even your place settings or things like that. You know, go to the dollar store, get the yellow plastic forks or you know, things like that. But, um, to your point, going back to what you were saying. Like, as far as spending time together, this whole medical situation with Mike and the stroke, I mean, that really puts things into perspective in a huge way about, you know, spending time together. And especially with him being so young, um, you know, his he just turned 43 yesterday. Well, as we're filming it yesterday <laughs> on June 9th, but by the time this airs, it'll be a few days ago. But um and, you know, it's just like it kind of smacks you in the face because it's the whole you never think it'll happen to you or it's just not even on your radar. You just you don't think about it. You're just doing your day to day, living your life. Everything's easy peasy, mac and cheesy, going good, you know, and then bam, it like completely turns your world upside down. And, you know, and so like we're spending a lot more family time together while we're trying to get him back to health and also it really puts things into perspective <laughs> excuse me goodness and um but yeah just even if it's little things like just finding those little things that you can do like i said incorporating different colors finding a candle that you can have lit all day long have you know find a craft you can put on the altar all sorts of different things there's so much to do and and with both of them ending up almost being on the same day. It's mm -hmm. a great way to spend the weekend. It yeah. really is because you're spending 
quality time. You're doing stuff together. You're bonding. And, um, and if you are near a beach, you can take a beach trip that weekend. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I'm in Florida, so I can be near the beach. Yeah. I moved all the way down here so I could actually be warm. Right. Um, but no, I think those are the kinds of things we need to start looking at. And now that the pandemic is starting to ease up a little bit and everybody's getting vaccinated who can, um, and those of us who can't are taking precautions. Uh, and I just want to put it out there because the person's wearing a mask. Um, I had someone get a little irate, you know, I can't take the vaccine. I would love to, but I can't, I'm not physically able to. So I still wear my mask out there because I still have a very high chance of getting it. Um, and you hear, oh, well, if you get vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Well, honey, I can't get vaccinated. So I will continue to wear my mask and I don't have a choice. Um, you can make masks if right. nothing else. Um, I know that things are easing up for people. So you are able to get out and enjoy some stuff now. So that's a really great thing. And I, I encourage people to get out outside. Yeah. Um, we've been cooped up. And part of our isolation is being in the four walls that we're in. And mm -hmm. you really don't realize how much of a prison you're in until you get out. Yeah. Get some and of that vitamin D get it naturally sit out even yeah. if you sit out you have a beautiful balcony where you're I, i'm out there all the time that is my sacred space honestly mike is like i can't believe you're still out here and it'll be so hot and humid but i have this fabulous fan that i bought for 30 dollars, and it's got metal blades and it's got three settings and it whips and it's high velocity fan <laughs> So it does the job. I mean, it, it will whip your hair, but it's good enough. But I spent all my time out there. It, You know what? There was an awesome thunderstorm today. And it was the first time in the two weeks that this has happened that I felt peace. Because I just, as you can imagine, have been all, well, you and I have talked. But um, there's something and you know me if anybody knows me i'm a storm witch i love 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 thunderstorms there's such a the energy of the thunder and the lightning and it's just so calming and it's just it does something to my soul it just uh just hearing it and i was on my porch and i mean just hearing the thunder and i took a bunch of videos so i'm going to post it later but um it was just so relaxing and i was just like oh this is what I needed. Like right now, this is what I needed. And I didn't even know we were getting a thunderstorm today. <laughs> well, we have. It was such a hectic day with appointments and physical therapy. Today, I so can imagine. Now, my roommate and I, we have chairs that we sit out front. Mm -hmm. They're rockers, of course. So we sit out there and we have the backyard all set up. You've been to my house. I have a whole backyard set up because I am an outdoor person. And yeah. we have the twinkle lights all in the backyard. So we're either out front or out back and just yeah. rocks. And, and someone said to me, I think it was my boss was saying, well, aren't, isn't it hot for you? And I'm like, you know, I, if you're sitting there still, just relaxing. But it's really windy but at your place because you're so close to the water. Yes, we get a lot of breeze. I was really surprised. It, it felt nice. 
that's how it is all the time here. So um, yeah. I'm fortunate. I'm on the bay side, um, yeah. and we get the bay breeze, and it's yeah. almost constant. That was mm -hmm. the one thing I never got up north in Baltimore. There would be days where the leaves don't even move on the tree, you know, yeah. and we had the three yeah. H's: hazy, hot, and humid, and it would be yeah. 110 or 120 even up to 125 or 30 in the city because of the asphalt. Mm -hmm. And where Baltimore sits with the Chesapeake Bay, it kind of gets almost like a Los Angeles effect mm -hmm. where they, you know, the smog because of it. Yeah, being yeah, valley. Yeah. Well, we get, that's where the haze comes from in Baltimore. So you get the three H's and the heat up there is sweltering. It's not a heat you can breathe in down here with the breeze moving constantly it's hot yeah. oh i can sit out for hours and we just i do i'm out there all the time and it's it's become like my little sanctuary i have i have hanging plants now i have flowers oh my gosh and i finally i got so i had this really fancy glass hummingbird feeder not one single hummingbird ever so i got these two cheapy bright red plastic plastic cheapy hummingbird feeders and with the clear um stuff not the red i know not the red dye but and, and i saw i was sitting on my porch and a hummingbird came up and i was so excited i was so excited i finally had a hummingbird and then when i was at angela's the other day a hummingbird came up again two of them and so i was super excited and now for the afternoon sun um i have bamboo blinds Oh, so I can't wait to come down and see that. I know. So it's becoming like my little sanctuary and I have like a little tablecloth that has two cans. So it's kind of a little summery feel. And then I have like a sign that says, welcome to paradise. And I have a Venus flytrap out there and he's like my little friend. My roommate Lynn has, um, plants. Mm -hmm. We have a whole thing that we did there and then she's got pots and she's got some bamboo, lucky bamboo. Mm -hmm. And um, her daughter had them. They were starting to get a little on the, oh my God, they need help side. And she's like a plant whisperer. Yeah. Um, she brings it all back to life. So yeah. we've got all of this and we've got aloe and all of this stuff growing all over the place now. The mosquito plant mm -hmm. that, that repels them. Or lemongrass. Lemongrass is good no, for it's that. Not, it might be citronella. I, it, lemon balm. One of those. It's got leaves on it, and we've got three of them out there. So I, I, I know my herbs. I'm not a – I'm an outdoor – I'm a farm girl, okay? I know corn. I know tomatoes. You know, that kind of stuff. So when you get plants, they kind of like – I'm like, ooh, what is that? Right. You know? So she, she's the plant whisperer. So she's got all of this stuff going on here. And it's, it's so nice. We have the green and, you know, we've got some green growing in here now. And yeah. uh, it makes a big difference. It does. Now, we do have our secret word. We do. Now, first, before we give the oh, secret okay. word, we do have a winner. So again, I'm so sorry. I know people have been waiting. Um, 
I've been out for the past two weeks, obviously, as you guys know. And thank you so much to Reverend Corey for filling in. She did such an amazing job. I love you. You're the best. And you guys did such an awesome job together. Um, you guys are the best. Thank you for doing that in it my time. Awesome. And stepping, because I literally called her an oh hour before the show. And I'm like, know. can you be up here? And she was like, give me an hour and 15 minutes and I'll be ready. I was like, she said yes. <laughs> I know. And she knew what was going on. Cause honestly, I, I had a pain. She, I was, I was on the phone with her when the ambulance was driving away. She was the one I was speaking to that got me through a panic, a full blown panic attack when all of it was going on. So what was even worse was I ended up calling her that night. Yeah. I called her, Corey, talk to me. I need my rock. And she's yeah. like, a rock. I said, just, just talk to me for a minute. And she is so composed calming. and she's calming. And I was like, she's like, I can't believe y'all think I am like, and I'm like, Oh, you have it no is. clue. I, know, I told her, but anyway, I have the best friends. So she I love so you. Thank humble. You. She is the I most humble person I know. And I, I love her to death. So thank you, Corey, for saving me. So I, yes. I wasn't here by myself. Um, I know. And so um, we, had, we had three people email um, for yeah. the for the tea leaf episode. So again, it was the the episode that I lasted when we discussed the tea leaves. We had three people email us for the keyword, which was tea leaves. And so we did the spinny wheel thing um, for a random winner. And Noreen Sullivan is the winner for the giveaway. So congratulations, oh. Noreen. I will email you for details. Um, and, it, you know, you should have that shipped within a week. And then we'll email you with the tracking information once we have it. And so congratulations. Awesome. And, yeah. And this week's word is, or phrase is father's day <laughs> that's a tough one guys father's i know day. father's uh, day but i do want to thank everybody because um you i'm telling you we have the best network in the world we were able to pick up phone and we have like phone trees and mm -hmm. people were put into motion like practical magic <laughs> yeah it's you don't <laughs> When you're in a situation, yeah, my husband wasn't like possessed. He was just, <laughs> he just but I just said, because I had virtual circle and I asked people very nicely, you know, please remember, um, light a candle. And the next thing I knew it blew up and yeah. I don't know how many candles got lit. I mean, it was like this whole side of the world just went on fire. Um, I know. Awesome. and oh, I want to say thank it. you. To everybody who participated and just a thought, a prayer, um, you have no idea how it, one, each one person just thought one good thing, yeah. how much energy that you guys are putting out. So it was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. Corey made mention, I made mention, Fluffy took off of it. Yeah. Fluff went. The fluff man went. He took care of things. We were able to coordinate. Now, to to let you know, I'm a four hour drive 
from my Linda. So for me to drive would have been senseless because I'm yeah. worthless. Um, I, I would be in her way. So rather than do that, we handled things differently. Everybody has their own way of doing things and wanting things. I kind of knew what she needed. So space was good. Yeah. Um, and we handled other things. So, and people just, you saw who your friends were because they, they, there was an outpouring of love. Um, yeah. it was everybody really, participated. It was, it was very touching, very touching. Um, Mike, Mike was so touched. It was really amazing. Uh, and I noticed when you put his birthday thing on there, he probably doesn't know 90% of the people that say <laughs> happy birthday to him. He's just like, going, who are these weird people? He, you he, know? Doesn't, he doesn't know them. They're Corellians mostly. <laughs> <laughs> he knows they're part of my tribe at least, but um, he's, he's grateful nonetheless. But, but yeah, thank you again. I just, you know, it, it was really awesome to see and, you know, I was telling him, I was like, Lord Don is even wanting updates on you. You know, when he's in the hospital, I'm like reading him. You know, I read him all the messages while he's, you know, being pathetic and pitiful in the hospital bed. But, you know, it's it's been rough, but we'll we'll get through it. And, you know, it was very nice, though. I saw everybody come out and yeah, people just were and before the pandemic, I don't think it would have been this way. I really don't. But yeah. Um, your close friends would be, but people yeah. are more, I don't know, connecting and it was just, it was wonderful to see. So, um, you know, if you, you have a need, just mention it. Cause sometimes you don't know what a person's need is till they mention it. Right. Um, we were able to, you know, work around everything, get everything together, make things happen. And it was like, Whoa, you know? So it, it was very grateful. I, I'm totally indebted to Corey for saving my butt for two shows. Um, and she's been a great sport about coming on and last minute and, okay, what are we doing so I can research it before we come on? So she came on so professional. I had to make the crack about her background. She looked like Masterpiece Theater. I mean, I she is so poised. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm goodwill as a hot mess. <laughs> She's just like okay, half my stuff behind here is goodwill. Oh, you know what? My my favorite goodwill thing that I found is the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, it's her, it's her profile, and then it's also her inside with her flying monkey. With her flying monkey. It's like three bucks at a goodwill. I was like, oh, I cannot believe I found this. <laughs> It's so you know, weird. and I, I'm telling her and all it is like a little tiny chip at the very top, which I would have probably done getting it home. You right? Um, but it was just she stepped up. Um, all we did was ask, and she was like, oh, "You really want me?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the most poised person I know." I mean, she comes. Well, you guys like, have great chemistry and stuff, but yeah, I mean, my mom had the kids for the weekend. You know, we were able to work it out, but. Um, and my mom, she just, I mean, she doesn't live, she lives like an hour away, but, um, but yeah, cause the kids couldn't be at the hospital. So that was a little chaotic in the beginning. But. And that's what I want to tell people, especially women, you need to get your tribe together. And there was a census out here recently and it cracked me up. Women would rather be kept in or locked in with their tribe than with their significant others right think about that for a minute 
yeah. husbands come and husbands go, but someone that you can pick up the phone and say, I just need you to listen, or I need a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. That makes all the difference in your life. And it really does. Um, my husband passed away a number of years ago. I've been kind of single since then. So it is my tribe that I lean on. And when you weren't there, I was like, oh, I've lost my tribe. You know, yeah. what do I do? And because usually I'm calling you. And, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, who else is in? Oh, well, Corey's in my circle. Angel's in my circle. And it, it like hit me really hard. It was like, because I just moved here a couple of years ago, yeah. so I really don't have. But it was also a realization for you that you kind of realized, oh, hey, this is my, like that reassurance, like, yeah, you know, that's your tribe. But when like my situation also affected you, because we have the relationship with the show and obviously we're also friends, but, you know, it yeah. also made you aware of like, oh, yeah, these are my people, too. My, yes. And I've not been here that long. So I really don't have a lot of ties to the community where I live yet. Um, I lived in Baltimore for 40 some oh, 50 some years. So trust me, I had ties there. Um, and coming down here, it's like you're still kind of testing the waters. I work 10 hours a day, five days a week. So I really don't get out much. But it was like a realization like, whoa, right. I got a tribe. Yeah. And I can call on Corey. And Corey lives in another state. Yeah. And just picked up, I literally picked up the phone and went, I need to talk to you now. Um, right. And it was like, yeah, there's a tribe. I mean, Compassionately Temple is a tribe. Mm -hmm. They really are. And I got to thinking about that at my age. And I'm like, gosh, you guys got to start making those bonds now. I had those bonds in Baltimore, but I moved down here. Um, I've only been here four years. Right. So I really don't have that bond down here yet. And it was like, whoa, I got to get mine together. And then I realized, wait a minute, I do have my tribe. I, I guess I didn't recognize it as my tribe because I'm used to my tribe being my neighbor or, you know, yeah. someone close by. Super local. Right. right. And then yeah. it's like, well, no, I've got a tribe. Well, because how many times have you and I just like Facebook videoed each oh. other and FaceTimed each other. You know what I mean? Not even thinking it's about like, it. Hey, I've had a shitty day. Uh, can you talk? Yep. And we like, you know, blow off steam and let it off our chest. <laughs> you know? I, I was thinking about that and I'm thinking Corey's in another state, but I was able to pick that phone up, hit that button. And I had her on the phone after she got off with you that day. Yeah, Cause it was 11 o'clock that night. Corey and I talk once a week for at least two to four hours at a time. <laughs> and I got to thinking about that and I was like, she's my tribe. You're my tribe. Angel's my tribe. I was able to connect with everybody. But, and when you start thinking about that, this is when we need to start doing our tribal work. Yeah. And it is extremely important to have those women in your life where if, trust me, if you'd have called me and said, come, my butt would have okay. been there because my roommate's like, okay, if you leave now, you can be there by. And I'm like, she doesn't need me there. She needs me doing other things. But my roommate was like, well, you can, if you leave now, you can make it there. 
<laughs> so we had everything set up. She said, I'll no, call I was it. literally at the, I did not leave the hospital for like five um, days. No, but it was, you know, when you sit back now and you're looking back at that, you're like, okay, where was my tribe? My tribe was there. So for you guys that don't think you have a tribe, maybe you need to start connecting. Um, and don't let those friendships go. Uh, don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated because the, you know, it's like, you know, you have a tribe, but you're not sure, you know? So it's, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you have those relationships, but you're not sure if they would stand the test of time or through those hardships and things like that. But don't be afraid when you're going through something hard. Don't feel like you have to do it alone. Don't be afraid to make that phone call. Don't be afraid to reach out so you don't have to suffer through it. I mean, it that was a hard lesson for me to learn because I was so used to taking on everything on my own. Right. It was a lot for me to call on a friend and say, hey, I really need to talk through this because I'm driving myself nuts or I'm having a bad day or this is happening or that is happening. And just even if it's even, you know, and like you, like we said before, the tough love thing or to, to me being a true friend is calling me on my crap if I'm doing something wrong, you know, vice versa. But also if nothing else, even if you don't agree with me, just to get it off my chest so it's not festering, you know? And you should be able to, if, if you've developed those friendships, you should be able just to say whatever you need to say. And the other right. person, okay, I, you feel that way? Cool. Exactly. And you move on, yes. you know, because the, you're, they're going to do the same thing to you when you, exactly. but it was, it was amazing that um, I am used to my tribe being like within walking distance. And here I'm calling two states over to Corey at 11 o'clock at night, which is, I never do that. Um, well, and that's what I said, that's kind of the blessing with COVID because ha I mean, yes, we were using zoom before, but let's be honest before COVID it was nothing. It, it would not have taken off you know, like it has. No. And that is the reason why I have built these bonds as much as I have, because I've gotten to know, you know, Corey so much better. And then it's turned into phone calls and, you know, eventually we'll meet in person and, you know, it's just all these things. I mean, of course we live in different seats, but with technology and even us, we live in the same state, but we're four hours away, but we can see each other. We can, you know, you're in your house and I'm in my house, but it's still personal enough to where, you know what it's I mean? It's not trying to read emotions through text. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't get the face plant through the text exactly. Or like we've talked about before, you can't always understand tone in a text. And, and then things get misconstrued and then there you have an argument. Right. And being able to hit that little button and see somebody and talk to them and really, you know, connect. So um, I'm looking at starting the Red Ten again just once a month it's necessary. I've been yeah. asked, I've just got to go through the mechanisms to make it work on this platform. I got to get the platform information from, you know, our producer and all that good stuff. But, um, I'm really intent on making sure women especially make those connections and 
pick up that phone, make that call, send it to quick text. How are you? You okay? Um, if I don't hear from certain people, I, I, I will forget. I'm not that person, but I really do make an effort now because it's like I go through my, oh, I haven't heard from them in a while. I wonder what they're doing, you know, kind of thing. Um, we're lucky. Our, our tribe is pretty open with all of us. We're, we're, yeah. we're all nuts. So we, we get along really well, but having with the check-ins, I mean, the check-ins are great. And I'll tell you, um, it really helps to be able to zoom and talk and see each other. Uh, it's better when we can hug and, you know, cry on each other's shoulder, but being right. able to do this is wonderful. So I'm really emphasizing to a lot of you women out there, get your tribe together. Yeah. Self care is getting with your tribe. Yeah. I mean, you have to do things for you. Sometimes it means taking a break from your tribe. Sometimes it means getting out, getting your butt up and going to your tribe. Right. Um, but you need to, to have a tribe because sometimes, sometimes it means evaluating your tribe or who yes. you think. And, and you have to make sure that it's something your, your tribe's going to change as you change. As you grow, your friends are going to come and go. The only ones you'll never get rid of is your relatives. Trust me. Right. Um, they're always going to be there. But it's still developing those relationships where you can say stuff to each other and you can just like, I just need, I just need a voice. Right. You know? And I didn't even occur to me. It was 11 o'clock at night because I had been with you trying to, to text and I didn't want to overwhelm you. So I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you know, I called Corey 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. I'm really sorry. And she's like, don't be sorry. Just what do you need? And I was like, you know, so yeah. start picking your tribe and start putting your, your people in place. Um, even if it's just to go out for a glass of wine or just to sit and commiserate over, you know, how stupid your boss is that day, you need that person time and it's part of your self-help. Um, people are going back to basics now with self-help. We're going to have a whole thing on that because I'm really into that. Um, yeah. obviously with my degree I am, but it's now we just went through this. We just went through a very trying um, situation where things were up in the air. We weren't sure what was going on and we were able to communicate. Mm -hmm. We were able to get points across. We were also able to support each other, even yes. from a distance. And if you don't think that's not possible, I can tell you it is. Yes. From a distance, you can give someone 100% support. Corey gave me 100% from all the way up there. I, it was pick up the phone. She was there. Right. So start developing those relationships, start working at them, make a little bit of effort. It's for your self care too. Yeah. So exactly. I wanted to get that out there to make sure that the people do do that. Um, there are going to be times when I'm not going to be able to make the show. Corey was gracious enough to say she'd sit in for me. So it's going to be a community, a, a communicating thing. Pick up that phone, make that quick text. It's not like you even have to talk to the person. Sometimes you see, oh, I haven't talked to her. Oh, look, she said hi. You know, 
Right. It makes a difference in a person's life. It really does. And that two seconds makes that bond stronger. So get out there and get your tribe together. Um, yes. And if you do get to meet in person, that's like super okay. awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. I know. I know when we get together, we're horrible. Um, <laughs> we hang on each other. And the whole group at Compassion League is... We're a fun bunch. Huggers, touchers. We like um, karaoke as well. Yes. And we hang on each other. And it's like a, a, a big group of sisters just getting together. And we just bounce off of each other with Miranda and, you know, everybody that's over there. I mean, it, it's yeah. a whole. Jen, Jeffrey. Yep. Yes. It's a whole group. The guys as well. I mean, they they participate right in with the rest of us. John Anastasio, you guys had a whole crew over there last weekend. Um, yeah. That was super awesome. So get your tribe, seal them. Your tribe can be anybody it is. Um, one of my biggest 20-year tribe members is Jason, who lives in Chicago, not too yeah. far from Chicago. Um, and... We've been friends for 20 years and we can literally pick up the phone and just talk to each other or, or just, um, we won't talk for a couple weeks. And then all of a sudden I haven't heard from Jason. I'll shoot him or he'll say he hasn't heard from me and he'll shoot me like, how's your day? Yeah. He That's did that this morning. Is, oh, cool. That, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. I awesome. haven't talked to him. So when, and we're talking publishing stuff. So, we, you know, he just, yeah. I know. I saw. I'm excited. But thank you so much again for an awesome week. We'll have more next week on, um, I think we're going to touch a little bit more on Father's Day and we'll have some more fun stuff in the works. And again, the keyword is Father's Day or phrase. And you want to email that to teatimemc at gmail.com. And that's T H Y M E. Um, mc at gmail.com so mc at gmail.com and, and keep those ideas rolling for us yes if you yes. think of something or you want to do something or you want us to talk about something even if it's just a flavor of tea shoot us a quick line so that we can go ahead and take it and run with it um we're getting out more and more now with our show so i you know we're getting out there start talking back to us because we will talk back to y'all. Yes. Well, that didn't sound good, did it? Uh, <laughs> we're going to be like little we'll kids talking back, back to you. <laughs> we'll talk with you. <laughs> this is where my mind's at and it's late. I didn't get off work till late tonight. So, but um, keep that in mind. We got a whole new show coming up next week. We'll definitely be here driving somebody crazy. 